0: Okay, welcome everybody to episode two of Painevich and Boscovich. I'm here with Boisley. We're gonna talk about all
1: the looped video That looped video (laughs) with the music gives me really weird vibes. Excuse me. I'm going like, to probably be coughing like, intermittently throughout the episode because I still have a bit of a cough. It's, it's yeah. like it's like the music of masterpiece theater being yes. set to the most anti-Semitic propaganda. <laughs> yeah, the, no, like the uh, good the outtakes from yeah. Deraviga, Yuda.
0: It makes me. I want to feel like I feel like listening after this to that old Moroccu tune like Roust, like oh, yeah. <laughs> which was like set to like what was it shout? Um, <laughs> and I remember like years <laughs> ago it was like had to do with when the Jews were getting um. There was another incident with the police in Brooklyn, where they had to round up all these Jews because of like COVID. Uh, they're breaking COVID um, gathering restrict- restrictions, and there were just Jews everywhere, all over the place. And the cops were like trying to round them up. And yeah, that was the video to which that song was set. Anyway, go check that out if you don't. I don't remember the episode number, so those of you will have to just try and find it. But it's one of my favorite Moroccan songs. Just
1: listen to all, just listen to all the episodes until you get to it.
0: Yeah, right there you go. Anyway, so uh, we have a request. We are going to be doing it, it, talking about the Iran thing because we've been promising to do like an in depth, and we have both been doing some research over that about that for the last week. But uh, yes, actual real show prep. But we do have to talk about this issue in Brooklyn first. Um, <laughs> yeah, we, we can't let that. We slide can't really just wet, let this. Babe. We can't really just like pretend this didn't happen. Nor do I have any desire to do that. Why would I? Why would I want to do that? So um, now I am probably going to disappoint some of you in that I think that perhaps some of the allegations or the suspicions of, like, rape tunnels or sex abuse tunnels or children being hidden in the tunnels are probably not what's really going on. However, there's still ample ample bias confirmation to be had here. Now, and nor am I suggesting that there is no rape or child molesting or any of that stuff or sex abuse going on in these communities because there's – ample documentation that this these communities, particularly these insular, super-Orthodox Jewish communities, have a ton of sexual abuse going on inside their community. So I'm not suggesting that um, these people are innocent of that. Probably every single one of them is both a victim and a perpetrator of it, depending on how old they are. But uh, my understanding of what happened is so the Habad Lubavitch. I should just explain more about what Habad Lubavitch is. We talk about them a lot, and we sort of equate them with super right-wing uh, Zionist, um, super Orthodox religious Jews, and and affiliated, generally speaking, with the Israeli right, like the super jingoistic, like genocide Palestinians, uh, super ethnocentric Jewish uh, right wing in Israel. And that's true. And they're also, of course, they're religious nut jobs, and they're stupid. So they present a problem for the Jewish community because they're breeding like rabbits. They're outbreeding secular Jews. They're outbreeding um, more assimilated Jews. And they're really dumb, and they're extremely obnoxious. And so this is going to this is going to create a problem for Jews because if it was only these people existing, I don't think these people have ever gotten off the fucking getting gone out of the ghetto, got out the shtetl, or whatever cuz everyone hates these people. Everybody hates these people that comes in contact with them. They're they're, they're smelly, they're obnoxious, they're weird looking, they're obviously genetic fucking accidents. Like they they're just not right and nobody likes them. And they have strange strange weird religious rituals that they do and they say weird stuff and they talk in weird ways. They have completely different values and priorities than everybody else.
1: Um so yeah. But I think well, I think one of the reasons why Jews like to play up the stereotype of them just being kind of funny money people partially part I mean I know there's a disarming effect of that yeah. but partially as well cuz they don't want this to be the stereotype of them. Right. I mean
0: for a long time this sort of this sort of was a stereotype of them but remember also a lot of these people they they make their money there a lot of them they have money okay. They don't look like they do but they do. And most of it is like sort of collectively used by their religious community, but they're all welfare frauds,
1: very lucrative.
0: (laughs) Yeah, they do welfare fraud, but they also do. They also are like all of them have like they're all fucking like slumlords and shit. They all have like really seedy businesses, like really like basically everything Walter Block was was defending and defending the undefendable, which is really just defending the Jewish. Is is the kind of businesses these people are? They're ghetto merchants. They're fucking slumlords they they just they they're shitty people that like bring the tone of any place down that they inhabit and and even their own their own inhabitants their own places of habitation their own places where they live are just shabby like the inside of this fucking temple which is supposedly one of the most important in um you know in um orthodox Judaism uh, is like this house in Brooklyn which was the house of this guy uh, Rabbi Mendel Schneerson who was the the, the, the the Rebbe or the leader. He died, like, in the 90s. He was the leader of this sect. He was the seventh rabbi that was the leader of the Habad-Lubovich sect, and there is a movement within the sect that believes that he was actually the Messiah. Now, according to mainstream Habadniks, that's not what they really believe, although who knows what they really believe, but there does seem to be some
1: tension there. <coughs> and... um speaking of him, you know, Millet when he came to the United States mm-hmm. made it a point to go visit the Rebbe's grave. Like he went yeah. out of his he way. He probably went to, to this house to, too.
0: Cuz this probably. is 770 Eastern Parkway in Brooklyn. Eastern Parkway is actually a pretty busy street. It's like a, it's like a four-lane road with the with two lanes going each way with the median in the middle. It's a pretty busy street in Brooklyn. Uh, it's like a main drag and you will see those Jews everywhere up and down Eastern Parkway. If you go on like a Saturday, like they're fucking all over the place. And that's where like all the chickens end up like uh, after Yom Kippur and whatnot. And, um, so it's, it's not like, you know, it looks like it it was, it looks like it was probably like an, it it was just his house. Apparently. I don't even know if it was meant to be a shul initially. I think it was just like this guy's house. It's like a pretty nice house, but it's not like anything crazy, but, uh, the issue here is, from my understanding, is that this was this rabbi's house, and now since he's dead, they've turned it into like kind of a, a temple slash shrine, and the basement of the house is a has been turned into a Jewish temple, and they've got they also own some adjacent properties to it, and they've been wanting to like expand it, but apparently there's some uh, battle between the Chabad Lubavitch or maybe one segment of Chabad Lubavitch and some other sect of Jews over the property, over what can be done with the property. So right next door is um, another thing they call like a mikvah, which I'm not sure what that is, but um, maybe you can look that up. It's like – I think that's what it is. They're saying that it's like next to the out-of-use mikvah next that's, door. That's
1: the, ritual ba- that's
0: the ritual bath. Okay. So basically – There's that, yes. And that that was in a building that, that is next door, which is also owned by Orthodox Jews. And the tunnel supposedly went from this temple in the basement to that structure, but apparently they were expanding it generally, and they were also digging under Eastern Parkway itself. And the reasoning is, now I know that, people saw dirty mattresses. Some people say bloody mattresses and other weird shit in this tunnel when the cops went in and they opened it up. Um, But from what I could gather from reading like yeshiva today and yeshiva world and crown heights today, today to try and figure out what's going on. Some of these Jews, that go there. And the ones that they're accu- the ones that the Habadniks themselves are accusing of doing this are from Israel. They're, 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 they're essentially coming from Israel to do a pilgrimage to this house in Brooklyn. That's sort of, which is sort of interesting. So they're making Brooklyn like a new holy site for them. So prepare for like that to be, you know, eventually to have missile strikes and stuff like that going on in Brooklyn. Maybe not in our lifetimes, but eventually it might happen because essentially these people see all of us as Palestinians. Now, apparently it's like a pilgrimage site, and this sect is rapidly growing. There's a lot of them. A lot of them in Israel, and there's a lot of them in America as well. And the temple there can't really accommodate very many people. So it gets really crowded, so they want to expand it. But they don't have permits to expand it because of legal battles and probably city codes. So they just went ahead and did it themselves. And... um Apparently, they tried to build one tunnel out to the next, the building next door, and they were building other ones out, and they were just sitting in them. And I'm betting it's not in anything that I've read, but I'll bet you there's some kind of literalist religious textual interpretation here that tells these these religious freaks that, like, if I'm in a tunnel, I'm actually still inside of, like, the Rebbe's shul, right? Like, this tunnel is still part of it. So, we can still be doing whatever Torah, Talmud learning that we're going to do. Because one of the articles that was sort of in favor of these people that did this was saying, like, they went into the tunnel and started to, like, learn. And I was like, well, they learn. Like, they learned, like, I don't know. <laughs> They're sitting there studying Talmud, like, in the tunnel. So, um, now, the official Chabad Lubavitch rabbi, He's got some Jewy name, like Krinsky or something like that. Rabbi Krinsky, I think, is his name. He came out and he said, yeah, this was vandalism done by um, by like a group of what they call uh, Bulkrim. Now, Bulkrim means uh, young man or student, and it's how they refer to uh, like yeshiva students that aren't married yet. They're Bokram, the unmarried yeshiva students. And they tend to be troublemakers. And they can get really violent. And they have gotten really violent in the past. So the thing is, it's like they're saying that the, the vandalism, which happened when the police had found out about the tunnels, and they went to go, they took construction equipment, and they went to go fill in the tunnels with concrete because they're unsafe, they're unsound. And that's the point at which... Inside of this temple, these Jews actually started rioting and, like, tearing things apart. Uh, I mean, there's a lot of videos of this. We can just watch some of them. I don't know if they're all it's, in chronological order. But, uh, okay, so here's here's one. Um, there's that one. Let's see. Here's one. What is this one?
1: So, yeah
0: they ripped off the side but you can see here's here's like the side paneling they ripped off all this shitty the shitty like w- fake wooden like formica like fake wooden paneling but you can see how generally shabby shabby this place is like even even without the wall being ripped off like that it's, it's generally pretty it's generally a pretty shabby place so you can see the Jews are in there and apparently You know, this is like they consider this their right because they feel like somehow their rights are being denied by the um, so here it is when before when one Jew starts like just he starts to like like, break off the the bits of um, siding there but you can see like what a shabby place it is like it's not a it's not like a nice surrounding
1: you know it's just ugly and like bootleg, what's up? I was just saying – I mean you already brought up this point. But yeah, like what you're seeing with the way that they're acting in this, this is you, – you see the exact same just congregation and behavior in the West Bank when they're tearing down settlements oh, yeah. or yeah. doing yeah. something similar to that. Yeah.
0: So they they feel like their rights are somehow being – the reason they did because people are like, why would they tear apart their own sanctuary, their own temple? Why would they do any of this? Well, they want to expand the space so they can have more of their people come and worship at the Rebbe's shrine or the Rebbe's temple. And uh, somehow they're being prevented from doing it, something either by the city or by another group of Jews or both, most likely. And so they're just going ahead and doing it. And the the official explanation from the Chabad-Lubavitch people was like this was a, you know, when the police came in, that's when these people started tearing things down and, and ripping down the walls when they heard that, oh, the, your tunnel is going to get filled in they didn't do anything about the tunnel being built to begin with. They're being dug out to begin with like the, the official about little people like let that happen. They let these people do that. So there has to be some amount of cover story in involved here where they kind of want to like wash their hands of this. But when it was going on before they got caught, they seemed like they were okay with it. I don't know. I can't, I really can't say, I have no idea really what goes on in this community. I'm, I'm only guessing at all of this. Um, but, uh, you know, one thing is on this site, Yeshiva World, there's a bunch of, like, funny comments from Jews uh, about this. Um, and they don't – most of them are signaling disapproval of this also. But we do have to watch this. This is the most classic video that came out of this, right? This this Italian cop here is talking to these Jews. Um do they know? No, no, they, they because know. Because who's the guy to go out? They, they know. Those no. the guy wanting to go out? No, no, it's it's not not
1: not it says already. It's I, not want not already. Not I want to clear the whole shoe Old shoe? Why is that? I <laughs> they, they want to fix this tonight. <laughs> they need the shoe cleared. And, and to. This why? We need to expense some something. But not like this. not safe. Okay.
0: Wait. we don't do that in america so the cop says to the jew first of all nice Nice in between
1: frames face on that cop there <laughs> roman but, soldier ad- addressing <laughs> a jew in jerusalem <laughs> circa 70 ce or i'm sorry 80 <laughs>
0: excuse me so the cop says to the jew um first of all if you listen this is what makes me think that their story is sort of what is sort of true because There's a whole website called Expand 770, and in all these local Crown Heights Jewish neighborhood blogs and newspapers, there's all this stuff about Expand 770. Now, 770 Eastern Parkway, so in their own lingo, in their own Jewish dialect lingo, 770 just means that house, and it's like a holy site for them. And uh, they they talk about expanding it, and that Jew, that Jew from Israel— who has done nothing but talk to other Jews in his own little thing, his own little insular world, very weird Orthodox Jewish world says to this Italian cop, in New York city, but clear it out. We need to be expanding it. And the cops like, that's not my fucking problem. Right. You know? So it even says not like this, like, you know, as if like, you know, you just doing what you want. (laughs) You're in Israel. I know you just do what the fuck you want there, but you can't do it here. Now, if only it were true mr italian cop now it's it's briefly true here because obviously in New york city you 're not just going to be able to dig under streets and violate building codes and additionally the the um, the conflict that they're having, the legal battle they're having is with another sect of jews and so basically, in this situation it's another one of these situations where the New York City authorities are intervening with these people to save them from their own retardation, frankly. And it seems that there's a certain level of tolerance for that amongst the secular Jews who probably also, some of them, the more assimilated secular Jews probably kind of think it's funny to see some of these retards get arrested by cops and stuff like that. But they don't – they're never going to go so far as to, like, allow anti-Semitism to come of it. Like, they'll be very much on guard for that. But they themselves, like, don't like these people. They probably – they think that they're fucking retarded. And you can see – um, you can see some of the uh, the comments now. Here's some more pictures of just these these like filthy. Look at look at these shabby, disgusting people. Like that's what I'm saying. Like look at these people. Like they're just they're shabby. They're gross. They're obviously like genetically fucked up. Like they're just they're no good, right? And and I can tell you personally, firsthand. They do not, they smell very bad, as you can probably tell just from looking at them that they stink. But, you know, having been in New York City and having to ride the subway or walk on the street next to these people sometimes,
1: yes, they, they all fucking stink. <clears throat> Speaking of comments, are you familiar with uh, Ina Vernikoff? No. She's a member of the New York City Council, Jewish. I'll just cut to the chase yeah. on that. But so Chabad Lubavitch had on their Twitter an official statement from the ha- Habad Lubavitch headquarters. And in the replies was Councilwoman Ina Vernikoff. And all she replied to was, please get security. Thank you. She's getting dragged a bit in the replies. But I was looking into her. She got arrested for criminal possession of a firearm for bringing a gun to a pro-Palestinian. Oh, that's her. 13. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember yeah. that. I remember that. So, so she, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. She's chiming in so she's chiming in on this and running of course, well of course but she used to be let's see what was her what was the thing I read about her? Oh, she used to be an aide to Dove Hikand. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, so she's not I mean, a Habadnik,
0: yeah. but she's like a she's like a Likudnik though. Oh
1: yeah.
0: What is so what did she like, say? She, she, Please
1: bring security? Well, like yeah. So please get please get security. Thank you. So she's running cover, of course, like trying to get and also trying to protect these people, of course. Mm, I'm not sure I understand the context of that comment, though. Why does she want security? Like, oh, she she just in response to Habad Lubovitch, she's just saying, like, urging them get security because she knows how bad this looks.
0: Oh, I see. So make sure like you've got this whole thing secured. I get it. I get yeah, it. Yeah,
1: I get yeah. it. I get it. I
0: get it. Yeah, I see what you're saying.
1: Right. So, um. It was just funny seeing Dove Hykins, uh, a former aide, chiming in yeah. on this. A New York councilwoman at that.
0: Dude, there's like some funny um, comments from these Jews. and This, is like, so some, this guy says, from Yaakov Dole. he says, What is Shalul Hashem? Those arrested who are no U.S. citizens or permanent residents should be deported. There is no justification for what happened. And this, this guy he says, they need, they need jobs. Batala leads to boredom, which leads to sin. This is the best illustration of that I've seen in a while. Do a chesed. Cut the handouts and give them work. <laughs> so they're using all these there's all these fucking Yiddish and fucking Hebrew words mixed in with these comments, is really they talking about shit that I don't know what it is. It's very funny.
1: Pretending um, are placing their community.
0: Yeah. Well, I, on some level, like they do tend to the inside their own conversations, they're like sharply critical of one another and they use all kinds of insults and name calling. But says, I have never been there and don't understand. Could someone explain what connecting a base,
1: a base Madresh to a mikvah is supposed to accomplish? Uh, <laughs> I mean, I can make some. Uh, why somebody would want to be connected to a mikvah? I can make some.
0: some right. Well, you could speculate that. that they want to do it for like sexual rape reasons or something like that. But the thing is that it actually doesn't really make sense cuz there are also religious fanatics who who would consider like women unclean and not supposed to be going into that men's only like sanctuary. So why would they do it, right? Now, um so I think I think it's it's more likely that they're just like yeah, we're just going to make our our temple bigger. It's like on our own. But I think that's what's legitimately going on. Never mind the public uh, streets, never mind other people's property, never mind whatever um oh dude dude this the jersey jew says i'm sorry but it's about time they had a shimon kalfas moment they need someone to go and claim he had a dream from the rebbe and the rebbe said since we really believe in the second coming we are no longer jews and we don't have to do any of the mitzvahs they should probably find themselves something in uganda <laughs> Okay. <laughs> and then he says like i hope shul shim around the world prepare accordingly for the crowds this shabbos every chabad house will be bursting at the seams what yid wouldn't want to be part of such wonderful classy beautiful group of jews this is from Kavolt, so they call each other yids also by the way like the the they each group calls the other group yids in other words saying the other group the other type is the embarrassment on the jews and it says why
1: uh, I always uh, laugh laugh when people when people say like uh about, talk about Jews becoming race aware. It's like they're the most race aware people on the planet Earth. They're the right, most right, right. No,
0: people. that's why that's why the the narratives we've seen. Yes, like the Spencer Quinn and some of the other things that they're becoming, they're starting to understand. No, 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 Jews base everything on the principle of race, and and on the principle of group belongings, and and they understand in groups, out groups, and they categorize everybody. Uh, and that's why, and they win by doing that, so that's why they tell us that you're not allowed to do that. I mean, that's, that's the, one of the biggest sources of their power, is that they operate consistently and completely and totally on the basis of race. That's where their power really comes from. It's not just money. It's not just banking. Those are subservient to the larger issue. The main issue is they operate on the principle of race, and that's why they win. And they're going to keep even these retards, these fucking stinking rat- Tunnel-dwelling retards are going to continue to beat white people until white people can learn to do the same. Sad, but true. But uh, So, listen, this guy starts defending it. Important to remember, they are not trying to be vandals. They have a just cause. Expand 770. Like usual, Bakurim have interesting ways of fighting for just causes. I'm not saying they are doing the right thing. However, it would be nice to see the same furor and anger on those refusing to let 770 expand. Why is there only an outrage when some 18 to 20-year-olds do stupid things, but no outrage when grown adults are not letting 770 expand? Contrary to the Rebbe's clear directive. Have you been in 77 during Tishrei? There are many tefillos. that is Peshnut Shaconis Nafash packed full. What
1: are we waiting for? I don't know. There's a bunch of fucking manish ears. I was looking for because like the guy said like they should, it's time they have a Shimon Kalfus moment. Yeah, this wh- was what be is some that? real inside baseball. Yeah, stuff no, this is
0: serious inside baseball. I don't because, know. Because like what there's exactly.
1: no, there's nothing about this. Like, in fact, actually, this Yeshiva World article is the second hit for Shimon Kalfus, so I was like I have no idea what this guy's <laughs> talking about. Yeah, I don't, I don't know, I don't
0: know. Oh my god, dude, this is like some of these some of this internal lingo they have, it's just Yiddish. They're just speaking Yiddish to each other. This is not Lubavitch. I'm a Lubavitcher. We are sickened by these Tzvatim. The Rabbi ZTL taught us in Hayom Yom at the uh, that the altar Rebbe was so careful about not being destructive, they would not even break a snuff box to use the inside silver cover as a Teflon mirror. Instead he found a way to remove the pins so it could be put back together at different points over the year. This is so fucking what the fuck Yeah um we are Yore Shomayim people who learn Torah, do mitzvahs and build. So sad this is not us. Um Yeah, so anyway, uh it's it's pretty funny.
1: Um What what is the Oh my god. So this is not Lubavitch. I am a Lubavitcher. We are all sickened by these Tavatsum. So I looked up Tavatsum. They could just be having weird spellings of these words too. Yeah, I'm I'm looking up Tavatsum and it came up – the first hit on it was uh, Habanim Dror, uh, which means – which is the evolution of two Jewish labor Zionist youth movements. So is he like calling them leftists? <coughs> oh my God, dude, 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 dude. He might be. He might be. Listen to this. Listen, to this, listen to this. This is this is from
0: kidding me. Who should speak up? Rabonim das Torah. Since when were Habad people? Mehunak, to listen to anyone. After the Rebbe's patira, some yukul decided to look into the egros for guidance, and that became the new religion. Yes, even you normal Lubavitcher subscribe to that. I feel bad for your you normal non-meshishista guys. Be honest. Nothing happens in a vacuum. You reap what you so So what he's talking about is the split within the Lubavitcher sect between the people that think Mendel Schneerson was literally the Messiah and those that don't. However, I have a feeling... That most of them think that, but they have a PR like front that they really don't. Um, and if you've ever been in New York and you've seen they have they used to have vans that would drive around when I was a kid. And last time I was in New York, I even saw um a, a sign that it says like Moshiak is coming or Moshiak is here, and it's got a picture of Mendel Schneerson. And and last time I was in New York City, I saw one of these like propped up on a behind like a walk or don't walk signal on a street corner and there was another article in one of these yeshiva sites about the jews doing that and it shows pictures of them like going putting those signs up and they said he this guy this one jew said he had like six thousand left and he was just gonna go do it and he said anybody who wants to help like come by and get some and go put them around i'm like but who are they gonna be for like your sect actually, your sect reproduces by having children. Not you don't like. I don't know if they recruit. Maybe they do recruit. I don't know.
1: I have no idea. They do. They well, they do a lot of education stuff and trying to convince Jews <laughs> to get in touch with their like the so-called assimilated Jews to get them in touch with their heritage. So it they doesn't work do like though. Some, yeah. They try to do some kind of outreach and some kind of yeah, Zionism has a much more has a much stronger pull on them
0: than, than that yeah. shit does. Yeah. No, I I mean I knew Jews and I used to be when I lived in New York City, there would be times when you'd see these people walking around like um trying to recruit you. Like they'd just go up to anybody, like, Are you Jewish? Are you Jewish? Are you Jewish? And if you say no, they just move right on, not interested. But there are some people they could tell are Jewish. Like, if they see someone with, like, a big Jufro and a big schnoz, they won't leave them alone. They're like, no, you're Jewish. Like, don't lie. But um, but they get annoyed by that. So, you know, I don't know. I have no idea. But I can't imagine that some, like, rich, liberal, you know, assimilated, secular Jew who's got, like, actually lives in, like, nice surroundings and has a lot of money has any interest in going and living this shabby, dingy existence with these smelly weirdos, you know? And we've talked about how that's sort of part of their their paranoia is that they're worried that they'll have to go back and live on the shtetl with these people or like these people because much of what yep. these people do, these are people who effectively in their minds never escape the shtetl. So if you ever wondered what those old Jewish um, – because even the way they dress, it's not like they dress like that in biblical times. That's how they dressed in like the 18th century or the 19th yeah, that's century. exactly when it started. Yeah, 18th century. That's exactly when it started. Right. So they they just sort of froze themselves in time. Then, right around the time when they were emancipated, also this messianic uh, Jewish uh, religion of called ultra orthodox. There was no such thing as that really before. Of this sort of ultra orthodox Judaism, it's relatively new. Um, it, it it seems to be a lot of people think they must be carrying on some ancient tradition. They're not. It's relatively new,
1: but part yeah. of the reason why why the American Jews have that persp- like have that kind of weird feeling that towards these people is because it used to be that the powerful Jews <laughs> in the United States from the start were Sephardic ones, and they looked <laughs> down, and the Ashkenazi were all stereotyped of being like this. Yeah, well, they you were read, at first. It, yeah, yeah, and you, if you read like the anti-Jewish stuff that was in the late 19th century, it's those were all Ashkenazim, and even Sephardic would talk about this aspect so the that's why like a lot of since the ashkenazi jews are the ones that are in power now they're the ones that are so-called assimilated to the society they are very uncomfortable with these people because it's a reminder of like that's what you came from and if uh if we win that's where you're going back to okay oh here's some guy okay so this guy has some
0: background for us let's let's this, this comment says background there were plans to expand seven hundred seventy in the late eighties. They started expanding in fifty seven forty nine. That's the Jewish calendar. And when the Rebbe got sick in fifty seven fifty two, it stopped due to the greater focus on the Rebbe's health. For many years, some wanted to continue the plan, but the ownership of seventy seven Agudas Hasidai Chabad does not want it. To look to the look at the good of it, to look what Hasidim do to fulfill what they think is the will of the Rebbe, we can learn from them just like Zusha learned seven things from a thief. Rabbi Zusha once said, I learned seven things from the thief. One, what he does, he keeps to himself. Two, he is willing to take risks to attain his goal. Three, he does not distinguish between major and minor things, but takes equally exacting care of each and every detail. Four, he invests great effort in what he does. Five, he is swift. Six, he is always optimistic. Seven, If at first he fails, he is back time and again for another try. That's actually a pretty good. That basically describes like I like how it's like I learned this from a thief. I I like how like this this is something that Jew like Jews take inspiration of these qualities of
1: perseverance from like thieving. Is like the inspiration. well, what's also interesting as well is because, like, it, they always stress when they're trying to get Christians to do whatever they want them to do. Mm. They try to stress, like, well, no, we share the same God. We share the same mm. religion. But Jews, like, especially these really super religious ones, have all these stories that have – are nowhere in – You don't like,
0: know any of them. You don't know who the fuck yeah. Rabbi Zusha is. Like, they yeah. – that's what their whole Talmud is, the history of the disputations and sayings of these rabbis going back a 1,000 years and you don't know what they are you've never heard these stories but this is like their cultural vocabulary they they know it now a lot again assimilated jews secular jews whatever you want to call them Liptar jews optics guys whatever you want to call them the ones that pretend to be white um uh they don't know this stuff either necessarily they might be a little bit more familiar with it but they don't necessarily know this but these people like they'll they'll just swap these this is all they read they have they don't have any other reference points in their life other than this stuff it's all they ever – it's all they know and all they read and
1: all they talk about amongst themselves. I can't, I can't actually imagine how shitty it would be to, to be one and, of these and even when they know. And even when they do reference stories from the Old Testament, it's always through the lens of the commentary on the Old Testament, of those commentaries, of what Rabbi so-and-so said about this Old Testament figure or this other interpretation of it, things that are completely outside of any scope of, a, of somebody – of a Christian who knows their Bible.
0: Mm. So here we go. For a period of time during COVID, 770 was closed. Some Israeli Mishikist uh, those that means, again, that means the Messianic ones, the one who think that the Rebbe Mendel Schneerson was the the first coming of the Messiah, not the second, the first coming, decided to gain access by digging a tunnel from a property at the rear of 77, 770 that used to house a mikvah. This tunnel, which dug through the foundation of 770, was recently discovered and engineers were called to work on fixing the structural damage today A cement truck came to pour new concrete. That led to the uncivilized slash inhumane destruction of a shul, beish, midrash, mere feet from an Aran Kodesh. The reason nothing has been done by Chabad leadership all these years is because unfortunately there is an ongoing court case. For decades now, trying to re-establish control over 770, there have been countless number of appeals made by mischievous proxies to hold up the ruling, which is already determined over and over the control of the property, belongs to the civilized leadership of Chabad. So I guess that's what this is. Oh, oh, here we go. 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 This is great. I am not Lubavitch. And I'm as shocked as anyone to see these videos. But honestly, what is accomplished by posting an article about it for everyone to see? I'm sure the whole Crown Heights is aware of what transpired, but why do Jews around the world need to see this? I can't imagine anyone will come away from this feeling anything but negativity towards their fellow Jews. Not to mention what the Goyim are thinking. But yeah. So anyway, yeah, I, that's part. The comment sections of these sites is partly where I learned what was going on there. So yes, I think uh, it does reveal something about these Jews. It reveals something about their character and their way of thinking and operating. But I'm not so sure that it's actually like sex tunnels hidden underneath or whatever. And apparently, apparently, it's literally just these. Uh, these rabble-rousing, like, religious fanatics that want to have a bigger temple for themselves or access to their inner sanctum or something where their Rebbe's temple was. I don't know.
1: But it's sort of what funny. Is it, what is it with these people in mattresses? When I was Googling uh, uh one of the tits was Mishikist from 12 years ago, a YouTube video, Mishikist extremists Stealing Mattresses.
0: Maybe they are just a bunch of pedophiles. I don't fucking know. Uh, but yeah, it's uh, stealing mattresses. Wait, let's let's. What's yeah, the you what? want to, you want yeah, see, yeah yeah? What's ahead, the article? The
1: yeah. Well, no, it's just a, it's a YouTube video. Of the, you want, it's it's actually kind of amusing. Here, oh, I'll, yeah, I'll yeah, right. it. Do you want it in the uh, Skype chat or do you? Want yeah, it yeah. Just send it in, here. Yeah. Okay, there you go. Yeah, it's from twelve years ago. Of <laughs> it's, it's pretty funny because it's sped up a little bit. <laughs> okay. Oh yeah, I'm getting that YouTube
0: thing where like it takes forever to freaking load because of like the uh because of the ad blocker. It's like it takes Brave a while to like yeah. actually load YouTube. I should maybe just use a different um browser, but I don't like to have ads.
1: Yeah, no Brave's Brave's too good to go up on it. Yeah, anyway, I don't know. Well, it's not actually well, loading. Well, like what the fuck? Well, that sucks. Alright, hold on, well, hold on.
0: Looks like we well, maybe got some progress here.
1: No? Still, well while we're, okay, while we're we waiting. Well, while we're waiting, Pumpkin Spice Luftwaffe had this comment. I guess they stole – if they like tunnels so much, send them to Gaza. Yeah, no, I know. Well, that's what some people are saying. It's like, why aren't they there? But these people
0: don't fight, remember. And they literally fight not – they'll riot if they get – there's any talk of them getting inducted into, like, the Israeli armed forces. So here we go. Oh, this is also from that same site, Crown Heights Info.
1: So what are we – what the fuck so there's a bunch of them going in. I don't know where they're stealing these from. let us see if I can find some more information on this. uh notice they don't have a <laughs> so let's see here
0: what like what, <laughs> <laughs> what the
1: fuck? there there we go just pulled out the mattress. <laughs> <laughs> what the, like what one. like what
0: are they doing like i guess maybe that they, maybe they've been building them they're bringing those mattresses to the
1: tunnels underneath 770 like i said i understand why people are speculating why there's mattresses under there i got questions myself
0: yeah no i i get it i understand it um although honestly again i don't want to be like running cover but they're probably there for them to like sit on because they're in like a concrete fucking tunnel, although look again, I get it like rape tunnels and stuff sure, maybe, but who knows I mean the Jews accuse Samas of that, right,
1: yeah, well, I mean, like I said like i don't I'm not gonna say that's what it is, but I got questions I want yeah. like to ask, yeah I, mean?
0: I guess i I guess like it's reasonable to. <laughs> <What the fuck? laughs>
1: It Just keeps happening that's why I was, that's why I
0: was- <laughs> <coughs> oh man, anyway, yeah, so um, but if you see in one of the videos you see like when they break through the the wall um the um they're all sitting there, like there's Jews in. <laughs> Like they break through the wall and there's Jews like in there already who are like occupying it to keep them from pouring concrete in there. <coughs> and the cops apparently like forcefully removed them. And uh yeah. So I don't know. I, I would imagine that the so called like civilized leadership of Chabad is playing a bit of a of a fast and loose game here with um pr game here with with like what's going on right like there probably is much more widespread approval of and belief in the same kinds of stuff that these these people do than um
1: than they let on publicly oh uh, rolling stones running cover they get they have this tagged under jewish pizzagate twitter explodes with anti-semitic misinfo after secret tunnels found under nyc synagogue
0: Right. Well, look, I understand why people, particularly when they see the mattresses and like the stains on the mattresses, they're like, all right, what's going on? And look, as we've said, and as we covered on tedious, that thing where that young Jew was like complaining about that, like, you know, every, like basically everyone in that community is like raped. And they had, um, they had all those rabbis and such come up and talk about, oh, we need to have a better system for reporting and responding to sexual abuse within our community. Typically, they admitted, like, typically allegations of sexual abuse are responded to by, like, retaliating against the reporter of the abuse, and, like, nothing ever happens to the men doing it. It's like, right, because that's actually how your community operates. and It's been operating like that for thousands
1: of years. Like, that's just what you do. That's why you people are all so fucked up. I need to read this paragraph from this Rolling Stone article. Yes, doing. <laughs> Mike Rothschild, the author of the book Jewish Space Lasers, The Rothschilds and 200 Years of Conspiracy Theories, No Relation to the Famous <sighs> Family, I doubt says, the ons- <laughs> I know, says the onslaught of anti-Semitic conspiracy theories about the Tunnels was particularly concerning in light of a dramatic spike in misinformation X since its <coughs> acquisition, 2022 acquisition by Elon Musk, which resulted in the gutting of its trust and safety team. If there are two things that modern conspiracy theories obsess over, it's Jewish people and secret tunnels Rothschild tells rolling stone so obviously hey look Jew- jews you're the ones
0: from what i can tell obsessing over secret tunnels you're the ones that are painting conspiracy theories about bad stuff going on in tunnels right so the turnabout is fair play i suppose yeah
1: i mean 2023 became the year of the tunnel i've heard so much about right. tunnels recently well so ob- oh go ahead
0: Speaking of that, did you hear that six Jews got blasted in a tunnel today
1: or yesterday? Oh, jeez, no, I, I missed
0: that. Yeah, I, no, six, yeah. six Jewish, six Israeli um, combat engineers or construction engineers, like sappers, essentially demolition crew, uh, blew themselves up trying to dis- demolish the Hamas tunnel today or yesterday. Oh, they blew themselves. up? They blew themselves up. Yeah, they killed. They blew themselves up. Yeah, sad. You kind of were rooting for Hamas to have gotten those kills on their on their. Uh, on their sheet, but no, they they said about like, uh, that would make it, before that it was like 29 friendly fire or accident kills, so that's the total of 35 dead Jews in the war related to, uh, as
1: admitted to being related to friendly fire or accidents. Oh so, yeah, I see it right here from the Times of Israel, shell activated detonating cord that led to a tunnel being rigged up of explosions, explosives setting off early explosion.
0: So it seems that their own shelling set off the explosives that they were rigging before they had cleared yeah. out of the tunnel. Because yep. they just can't stop – because, again, same thing. They just can't stop themselves. They have to keep – you'd think like, hey, look, we're, 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 we're wiring this tunnel with explosives so we can cave it in. Maybe we don't shell this area. And they're like, no, we're just going gonna to keep shelling. You know, So we do. We just keep blowing things up and just wanton destruction.
1: Half an hour before the detonation was supposed to be carried out, a tank stationed near the detonating cord (laughs) fired shells at a nearby building after identifying suspicious movement.
0: That's because they're a bunch of fucking pussies. They immediately shoot
1: to just blow something up before even figuring out what's going on. Yeah. According to the probe, one of the shells hit an electricity pole, and the blast somehow activated the detonating cord. Detonating cord. They also could just be lying, and Hamas just fucking got them. You never
0: know, you know. But yeah, I don't I mean, know why you.
1: I'm a little bit suspicious of like, oh, it hit an electrical pole and it just set off the detonating cord. Okay. <laughs> well,
0: look, just, I don't know. I actually don't know much about how you detonate bombs and stuff. In fact, I don't know anything about it. But I imagine all they would need was something to send charged through that cord and that like sets off the detonator I don't know in the in the in old movies you know how they like wire it up and then they have that thing where they just they send like a, <laughs> just to generate like some static electricity that then shoots through the wire and sets the bombs off I don't know I don't know if that's real <laughs> but it's it seems to be a consistent thing in old movies where they blow shit up where they have one of these things to like oh do it
1: but anyway the blast occurred close to where officers were leading reporters, including this writer, on a tour of a Hamas rocket manufacturing plant.
0: Yes, I saw all of this. There, there, there's a, there, there was a warehouse that they were saying this is where Hamas manufactured rocket. I mean, it could be true because, I mean, it's one thing to say like um, you know the, the shit about the, the tunnels under the hostel is definitely fake, but. Hamas has weapons, and they manufacture weapons, so they must be manufacturing them someplace. So, if there's some warehouse in Gaza that they're like, "Yeah, this is where they were making them," that doesn't inherently sound like some bullshit. Like it could very well be true. Who knows? They must make them someplace because they have them. So, um, so yeah. Uh, in other, I don't know. Did, do you think we're done with this Chabadnik thing? I have to. Yeah, like, I mean,
1: it's it's still kind of a developing story. Hopefully, there's going to be more information for you guys to cover tomorrow. But it's uh, you know. At this point we'd just be speculating, I think, on what exactly was going on there.
0: Yeah, I actually think it's probably pretty close to the story I, I, I've given, but um who knows? Um Who knows? Uh it could be it could be just, just like rape tunnels, you know, I have no idea. But I know I do know these people have all kinds of like weird shit internal to their communities and like weirdly like, stupid crap that goes on and like dumb shit they
1: believe so I don't know Oh, let me read this uh, Um, last part from Mike Rothschild. Yeah. Uh, So obviously Jewish people digging secret tunnels is going to set off alarms for people, even if the purpose of the tunnels turns out to be completely anodyne. The damage these theories do isn't limited to the Chabad community, though. It casts all Jewish people as shifty, secretive, and clannish, doing strange things under cover of darkness for unknown purposes. Yeah, like stealing a bunch of mattresses, right? Mm. (laughs) Well, Mike, after reading all those comments on yeshiva world – it is it is i do find this to be very weird shifty secretive clannish and weird yeah
0: no no i know when you read what they say amongst themselves it's clear that that's legitimately what is going on um so there's another uh article on this yeshiva world site where they're really angry that biden is turning on israel so that's the other thing with these people they they don't understand that biden uh basically at a press conference um he had to deal with a heckler. Um and so he he basically said to them uh Oh, did that
1: did that Heckler have a veto? Does he have veto power?
0: No, yeah, no veto. Well here's a video. It's actually on the site, and, and it's it's fairly self explanatory. Once you understand that Biden is actually playing an optics game, which these kikes don't understand, or they they pretend not to understand on purpose.
1: Okay. <laughs> You should honor the Bible,
0: who's all in Palestine. fire. And That's all right. That's all right. That's all right. Sea fire. Sea fire. Sea fire. See fire. See Yeah. Is he at a? Is he? So, what is he? What is he? Where is he speaking? I'll find out. Let's uh, a speech in South Carolina at a church where nine worshipers were murdered by oh, a white supremacist. And so, this the is the church, church. This is the church where Dylan Roof killed the, um, so he's there to commemorate like the Dylan Roof thing. So, wow, amazing how everything connects. So, he's there for the, the Dylan Roof thing and, um, some of the people started i guess they're saying like if you really care about like the lives of these niggers that that were lost in this church then you'd call for a ceasefire in gaza and they started the chant and they're being escorted out by security and so biden then does you well, let's hear what he said okay that's incredibly cringe In response to the ceasefire now chanting, the majority of the crowd started chanting four more years. Like, that is fucking really cringy. Look at these dumbass niggers sitting back here. One of them is just laughing. He thinks that he's he's probably (laughs) legit. Well, it is funny. I mean, the whole thing is dumb. He's probably, this is fucking retarded. What's that?
1: That's the most exciting things he's, It's the most exciting thing he's seen in a while. Oh yeah, maybe who knows? <laughs> wow, this dude is just like
0: he's gonna do a. He's gonna do like a. He's gonna do like a, a pretended concession here, but he's just Thank lying. You. Thank you.
1: Thank you. Look, folks. I understand their I understand their passion. And I've been quietly working.
0: I've been quietly working with the Israeli government to get them to reduce and significantly get out of Gaza. I'm using all that I can to do. Bullshit. As if, like, he is has any impact whatsoever on what Israel does. Now, it is true that Israel has said that they're, like, paring down operations or they're, they're moving some resources out of Gaza. That's because they're trying to start a war with Lebanon. They're trying to start a war with Lebanon. And they want to do it yeah. while U.S. ships are in the region. I mean, now... As I said, as I've been saying, the USS Gerald Ford is is supposed to be rotating out. But again, it's not like we're leaving them out there. Dang, because a whole other – I don't know if it's a carrier group, but another another group of ships is going to be there temporarily until they can get another aircraft carrier there. Because, uh, as I was saying, the United States operates 11 carrier groups, but only about half of them can actually be deployed at any given time due to like just the massive amount of – of logistics uh, required to, to keep one of these things float, afloat, like to keep uh, the carrier and then all the, the, the support ships, all the thousands and thousands of personnel involved and all the fuel and everything involved in keeping these things afloat. It's very expensive, very logistically costly to keep carrier groups in operation. And so we only have about half of the ones that we have are deployed at any given time. The rest are in dock to be like refitted or re- whatever That I'm sure that there's people in the comments that know how all this works basic logistics stuff we can only keep about half the, half of that fleet actually sailing at any time I think like three of them three three of these five potential, potential groups are in the Middle East so I imagine they're going to replace the Gerald Ford with, with another one <clears throat> as soon as they can but in the meantime there's a whole bunch of other ships that are going to be there but um, the Jews are basically starting a war with Hezbollah. I mean, the amount of provocative shit that they've done, um, and we can transition from this into talking about uh, the Iran stuff. But the amount of provocative shit that they've done over the last couple of weeks—you um, know—they they they assassinated the Hamas official in Beirut yesterday they assassinated a hezbollah official they assassinated Mm -hmm. an iranian revolutionary guard corps uh commander in syria a couple weeks ago there's the big suicide um there's the big like uh suicide bombing in uh in iran that was uh, blamed on isis isis supposedly took credit although there's a lot of shady things about the video which isis took credit, although jews are are like very vocally saying that's definitely what happened, even though it was only thirty hours later that they took credit, and like a lot of people think it's bullshit
1: and uh, jews uh immediately I, I, denied any ran, involvement with the suicide, with the bombings, yeah, yeah, iran claims that one of the suicide bombers was a Tajik, so which wouldn't it wouldn't surprise me if if that's if that turns out to be true, because a lot of no, a lot of those weird. Yeah. Standing it wouldn't
0: surprise these, me either. Yeah. But that doesn't mean that the Jew didn't have a hand in it. Like I, you wouldn't have expected oh, the suicide bomber to be Jewish.
1: Oh, no, I, I was right. Yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, no, I know. Because like the Tajiks are known for being for for basically being part. They, they're one of those like weird groups that the, the that the Zionist agenda is able to right. get on board with the with doing terrorism against their enemies.
0: Right, 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 right. So they, they basically, um, you know, in talking about the history of, of subversion of the Iranians, um, you know, they, they basically try and whip up minority. They do what they always do. They're race aware and they use population groups as weapons against one another. So they use minority populations in Iran as weapons against the Iranians. Does that sound familiar? Mm-hmm. Hmm. It's almost like they do that here, too to keep any uh, strong majority ruling coalition from actually taking power and having significant control. Because remember here they do it because they don't want to have a cohesive culture to which everybody feels that they belong and have common reference points with, because this will end up being exclusive towards Jews or so the theory goes, this will end up being exclusive towards Jews. Um, um, Real quick, before we get delve into the stuff about Iran, which we promised, where we're going to start in 1953, and we're going to talk a lot about um, Iran-Contra uh, in the 80s and things like that, I want to revisit the Spanish-American War, because <laughs> Alex and I had that debate on Friday, and he was bringing up the Spanish-American War as an example of barbaric U.S. foreign policy that existed prior to Jewish influence uh, in, in his part of his argument, which is that Jews are not the only interest group controlling U.S. foreign policy. Um, I'm not actually even entirely sure what the argument was, and I'm not just trying to do staircase wit. I, I legitimately feel like people, if we're going to have this show and put this information out there, if something's not right, uh, if an idea has been put out there, it needs to be corrected. Like the The correct information has to be put out there. So there was a b- very big Jewish hand in the Spanish-American
1: War. And, and there were also aspects of the Manifest Destiny. Now, I'm not saying all Americans. like mm-hmm. It was just like that Manifest Destiny was a Jewish plot. But – Jewish financiers were extremely supportive of Manifest Destiny. I have this quote from August Belmont to the Rothschilds in 1858: "The sooner our Manifest Destiny brings Mexico, Cuba, and Central America under the wings of the American Eagle, the better it will be for the civilization, progress, and commerce of the world." Mm -hmm. So they, they they had been wanting these Spanish territories under the American aegis for decades.
0: Right, and August Belmont is a Jew, for those of you that didn't yes. know. Yes, yeah. yeah. Oh, the fa- the namesake of the Belmont Stakes. Huh, what do you know? So a Jew yep. lent his name to uh, a gambling thing for people
1: gamble. Yep. <laughs> by by, by but, the way, for people who are concerned about their nostalgia, Belmont just means Beautiful Mountain. It was changed. That name was changed from Schoenberg. Yes, yeah, obviously.
0: The, the name Belmont is not inherently a Jewish name. It's definitely some... Um, It's French. It means beautiful mountain. Yeah, it's definitely some cripsis going on here. But uh, real quick, before we get into the conversation about the Spanish-American War, I'm going to call an end to the first hour and encourage those of you that are just listening to the free show uh, to go ahead and get a paywall subscription. And then you can listen to the rest of this. We're probably going to go longer than one more hour after this because we got a bunch of stuff to cover. Um that we did prep on we actually did prep on this, and there's a lot yes. of conversation to be had on this and yes, so for those of you itching to hear a rebuttal of some of alex 's points and again i 'm not doing it it's not out of spite it's not purely staircase wit it 's not trying to win a debate days afterward legitimately, I think that people need the right information I want one of the reasons I do what I do that we do what we do is we want to put the right viewpoints and the right information out there. And I don't want people to be confused. Now, Alex has has a right to have his views. He doesn't have to agree with me. There's no requirement, but I think his viewpoint on this is very wrong. It's very misguided. And, um, we have some, we had found some other stuff that, that lends credence to our worldview generally, or my worldview, the worldview we put out there about Jews and their control and their power in America, which is not to say that, There were never competing interests to Jewish interests. There were. And in fact, if you go back to the era of the Spanish-American War, you're more likely to find some than you are today. Today, Jews own it all. But there was never a point where there was no Jewish influence, is my point. And they were always very powerful. It's another point that uh, Lindemann makes in Esau's Tears is that this idea that Jews weren't powerful until, boom, suddenly now they are is nonsense. They've always been very wealthy and powerful. So, yeah. So I'm going to take a break here. And when we come back, we'll talk about the Spanish-American War. And then we'll talk about the Iranian Revolution. And we'll talk about the Iran-Contra affair. And we'll be back in a minute.